Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Leach CFL. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Taylor Curry SK. And I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. Now, if you want to follow the show on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at True North CF Pod and Facebook at True North Canadian Football Podcast. You can also listen to the show on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So let's jump into the CFL news here. Uh, AC Leonard uh, is facing a two-game suspension for... Failing to take a drug test. So, Carter, you can finally have a retort to my Andrew Harris jokes. Congratulations. <laughs> I just, no, no, I'm just not going to do it. There's no point. Like, I what? He's like, well, it was like with, with Harris, I was sort of like, you know, he's going to do his two weeks, get back to it. That's how AC Leonard should handle it. Just get back to it. Oh, I yeah, bet that's I how he does handle it. Yeah. No, I just I, want to know I, what was in his system that he just was like, no, nah, I'm not going to take the test. I'll just take the two game suspension. Who knows? Could have been anything, man. I mean, we don't know. True. Yep. And then Labor Day Classic was the most watched CFL regular season game in six years. It, was, who put that on there? Because I feel like there has been more viewed Labor Day Classics. No. I put that on there. That was from Three Down Nation. Yeah, that was a true. Yeah, yeah that was true. Hmm. See, and I like the stat, but I don't like that the Riders got shellacked during mm. like the most watched game. True. <laughs> true. I wish we put up some effort because now people are gonna be like, "Oh, that team sucks." It's the type of thing where it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, dude, if you like, if you like this team, you gotta watch this game. They're gonna show out, and then it just doesn't happen, and you're like, yeah, no, I, I promise. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I, this is the only game like they win every year. <laughs> no, I, not this year. I'm so glad I didn't recommend this game to any of my American fans that were like, oh yeah, this is the game to watch, guys, go watch it, because, ugh. It's tough, because you look at the two records before the game, and you're like, this is the one. This is the one. It's gotta yeah. be, right? Yeah. Battle for first place. And then two teams are adding to their arsenals here. One of Toronto's major signings in the offseason, a thousand-yard NFL receiver, Kendall Wright is going to be reporting uh, this week, so he'll do his quarantine, and then he might be eligible to play the following game after this week. Uh, they signed Hawaii quarterback and NFL draft pick Cole McDonald. And you either love him or you hate him, Chris Jones has returned to the CFL. Oh, my lanta. Man, there's so there's so much to unpack there, right? Like Kendall Wright's good, like it, it'll be good, but that's such a big receiving core there already. Where are they going to put him? And I like the Ottawa signings of Kenny Stafford and Terrence Williams, but they still need someone to throw the ball to them. Like, and I'm not confident with that with Dominic Davis or Matt Nichols at this. Oh, point. this is Toronto, just... bro! Don't jump the gun. Huh? This is Toronto signings. Yeah. Oh, you, I thought you mentioned both. Sorry. Nope. Sorry. We'll get to Ottawa oh, next. Hold, Hold your horses. <laughs> I just, yeah, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I'm done. Um, um, I'm going to focus more on the Chris Jones thing. Well, for I mean, it. personally, this is all I'll say on it. 
Chris Jones, leader of the Chicken Squad, right? And you know, if you know about that, you wink. Yep. Um, <laughs> then we've got the Toronto Argonauts breaks the uh, breaks the salary cap. Doesn't really receive a punishment for it. Seems like a match made in heaven. Oh. That's all I'll say. <laughs> all right, all right. I don't. I don't normally root for Saskatchewan. I would love to see Saskatchewan beat Toronto this upcoming oh, week. Man. Oh, I yeah, really like I'm the curious. Kendall Wright signing because he'll probably fit where Braverman is right now in that receiving core and thousand yard dude in the NFL. So you know he's got talent. Uh, Paul McDonald could be a nice young project quarterback, and then Chris Jones's defenses are nothing to sniff at. So I like both of those. You're saying Taylor. Well, yeah, sorry. I just, yeah, I jumped the gun on that. But I, I just want to say on Chris Jones, I've been seeing a lot of stuff online about him. People are calling him just like, well, they're calling him names because apparently the job he had before this was his dream job. And then he just quit as like as soon as the first opportunity came up kind of thing. So people are really questioning like his loyalty. You know, he did it in Edmonton after they won. He did it in Saskatchewan. It's just people are saying he's like, yeah, he's not that loyal. Chase the bag, man. This is the CFL, yeah. not NFL money, you know? Mm-hmm. It's true. You gotta, you gotta get what you can. Yep. And then now we get to Ottawa News. They made a whole bunch of signings, uh, some more notable than others. The notable signings we'll talk about is veteran CFL receiver Kenny Stafford and former third-round pick of the Dallas Cowboys, Terrence Williams, who I've heard mixed reviews of him as a from Cowboys fans, uh, but we'll see how he turns out. What do you guys think? Well, I was actually, uh, like, Terrence Williams, I remember him playing for the Dallas Cowboys. I actually had to check if it was the right guy, and yeah, sure enough, it was. And uh, happy about the Kenny Stafford signing. Like, that, I think he's good. He'll do good for the receiving core. But like I said earlier, uh, they just, I don't know, like, you know, they don't have a good line in front of them. The run game hasn't developed. And their quarterback situation is iffy right now. So they still need someone to do all the rest of that to get them the ball properly. I do like Kenny Stafford, though, just as like a person. Oh, I yeah. do think that he is uh, a really good receiver. I am happy for him to find a job. I just wish it was in a better situation. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree with everything that Taylor says. Like, he was dominant in Edmonton at the start of the 2019 season. Then he just didn't get to play in Sask. And then, lo and behold, he's in Ottawa now. And they could use another veteran and a skilled receiver to take some pressure off of, like, who are their, two, who are their good receivers? RJ Harris and... Uh... I don't well yet know what Dominic Rhymes left. I don't even know. It's based RJ Harris. Yeah, RJ Harris and Ryan Davis have been like their only two receivers. Mm-hmm. If you want to yeah. do a Canadian in there, you throw in Nate Bahar, maybe, but you know, yeah. It, consistent. It'd be pretty difficult to, you know, name all the receivers. I don't know, because there's let me think. There's probably like five receivers, we can only name three of them. So Adding Kenny Stafford would be a very welcome addition to that Ottawa team. And now let's get into the games for last week. Uh, Toronto edged out Hamilton at home, 17-16. to uh, So my question is, are these teams both contenders? Uh, I think Toronto's legit. Uh, 
sorry, that's the game. Yeah, I think Toronto's legit. Um, I'm not so sure about Hamilton with their quarterback woes now. There's talks Mazzoli might be back soon, but uh, Dane Evans is out four to six weeks. And like I, they just brought David Watford back maybe two weeks ago. So I'm kind of worried about where they're at at that position because if they don't have something solid there, I think the team collapses. Like, you know, Brandon Banks already isn't having the $14,000 fantasy season he usually has. And, uh, yeah, like, still priced like it. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. But they're just struggling. And even if, like, if if they add Braylon Addison, but they don't have someone good throwing to him, it's not going to help. True. I mean, when we get to the power rankings, a bit of a spoiler for him. I've got Toronto at second, so I think that, like, I think that they're legit. The more that I look at Hamilton, the more I might flip around my power rankings, just because, like, with Evans being hurt, I don't know. Like, what are the odds of that, dude? You get two like really good number one receivers. One of them doesn't even get the start you're looking for, and now they're both hurt. Like. Bro. I don't know what you do, but like Toronto, yes, Hamilton, probably not. For me, if you would have asked me this question in week two, I would have said Hamilton's not a contender because they got slacked or, but right now I kind of feel like they might be contenders just given what I've seen from the last couple of weeks. They look to have kind of figured it out under Dane Evans, but I say this with a big butt. David Watford, Riders legend, uh, came into that game <laughs> and is gonna. He, he might be starting again next week because he was taking all the number one reps. So, uh, I just if David Watford's their quarterback, the answer is hell no. But if Dane Evans gets back, I think Hamilton's definitely a contender. Now, speaking of Riders legend, David Watford, uh, Evans got hurt, as we mentioned, and Watford came in. Uh, can they be competitive with David Watford? See, well, and I'm, I'm agreeing with what you're saying, and I really don't think they can with him. Uh, he's like a third down running quarterback and like a goal line quarterback, but he hasn't been a starter in this league when it's, and like a consistent starter when it's come. So, yeah, I just I don't think so. Like I said earlier, I think they just kind of collapse. Yeah, I. Oh. It's crazy at this point that I'm literally even debating this in my brain. But like, well, actually, no. Most likely, we'll have another crossover this year unless Hamilton starts seeing Dane Evans' level success with Watford. But I just don't think that lightning can strike twice. So unfortunately for the East Division, I think we're back to two playoff teams. Oof. Yeah, really. For me, David Wait. Watford is Dom Davis light, so that really should be all that needs to be said about David Watford. Well, I was going to say, like, if you're, let's say if you're Hamilton or Ottawa right now, just are you looking around the league to try to trade with somebody to try to get somebody, you know, or are you trying to pick somebody up, do you think? Like uh, just off the, like a free agent. We will get to that later. Uh, just cool. put a pin in that when we get to the Ottawa BC game because we are going to discuss available quarterbacks there and so there we go yeah cool. and then let's jump into the banjo ball which ugh, uh the bombers absolutely butchered the riders at home 
Bruised them up pretty good too in a win, 33 to 9. So let's talk about probably the, the only thing point. that was memorable in this game. Yeah, uh, besides fight. kicking, but, <laughs> but yeah. not memorable in the right way. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. So the fight that happened after the Sean McGuire touchdown, which if you have Sean McGuire in fantasy, you've been laughing for the last couple of weeks. He had three cool. touchdowns. How, yep. like, is, how much does he cost? I don't know. Let's look. He's I'll probably cheap. He's I a think backup. He's, my guess is he's five thousand dollars because that's like the standard boiler. Yeah, he's five. He's five. Let me see how much he made. He would have been eighteen points and maybe like point three for the one rushing yard. But yeah, that's it's wild. It'll be had... oh yeah, the trick play too. I forgot about that to Dembski. That was sick. Where do you see your? Is you got 18.5 point? points on the ground and two points passing. Yeah, so he That's had 20, 20 points, yeah. Like, yep. most quarterbacks didn't get that last week. Mike Riley got me, like, 30, but he's, like, double the price. So, if yeah. you if you pick Sean McGuire, kudos. But, uh, no doubt. Back to the fight, I guess. Uh, So, there was, there was some stuff going on on both sides, some extracurriculars after the whistle, if you will, and once the dust had settled, there were penalties on both sides, but only Riders players were ejected. So, how do we feel about that? Did, did Andre maybe pull some stuff, or what was going on there? Well, we just, I, I don't think he's got many fans in the CFL, like honestly, <laughs> like Andre Pruel. I really don't. No one talks nice about him. But uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, like it, stuff happened on both sides. And like, I don't want to, like, uh, I don't think it was fair. No one on Winnipeg got kicked out and two of our guys got kicked out. But I don't want to be biased either. Um and I don't like that they kicked from the 50. Even though it went out of bounds, uh, there was another penalty on the flag, so it wasn't at the 40. We still got it back. But, uh, yeah, I just didn't like how it was all handled. It just didn't feel right, and it just killed the riders. Um, I will say, we talked about it before the podcast started. Um, as a Winnipeg fan, though, I would have altered it not to be, like, like, I don't know if I'm being biased, but, like, I would change it a bit, and I would have had it be... Um, the, only the first rider gets ejected. Um, I uh, Hendy was his name, right? Yeah, yeah. AJ Hendy. Yeah. yeah, AJ Hendy gets sent, and then the bombers kick because instead of the thirty-five, they kick from the twenty. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would have done. I yeah, I'd be okay that. with that. Yeah, like it's just I didn't like how it ended up. It would have been like that. Would have been a tough pill to swallow, but it wouldn't have been this. It would yeah. have been a huge talking point, you know? Exactly. For me, looking at it, I would have handled it in a bit of a similar way. I would have ejected one player on both teams. I would have ejected Hendy mm -hmm. for sure, because you, yeah. can't, you can't be throwing punches. But I would have Harris also ejected it. Andrew Harris, because you Harris can't... deserves it more well, than Lawler. You can't rip a yeah. guy's helmet off, and throw him to the, to like the ground, nope. and not get ejected. But That's even terrible. Andrew like they showed Harris on TV after and it, it like you could almost read his lips like saying to Mike O'Shea like am I kicked out like am I good like he almost thought he was should have been kicked out too it seemed like yeah those are the worst ones when you think you you got called for something and somehow you got away with it like he, he should have been kicked out and uh especially when you compare it to the other ejection that Garrett Marino got 
he slapped a guy with an open hand on the on the helmet, which if you want to argue that's, you know, unnecessary roughness, okay, I agree, but that's hardly, like, get kicked out of the game worthy, especially when you watch the, what Harris did on replay, which we have seen, and it's pretty <laughs> bad. So, yeah. And then, this is kind of, at what point were you kind of done with this game? Because I just, I just feel like this was not a fun one to watch, especially after the fight. It was painful. I, I I watched till the end, but it was uh, it was just it wasn't fun. It it was not fun to watch. Like even if we were getting shellacked, it just as a rider fan, it just sucked the life out of the game after that. And it yeah, it just it was not fun. Um, I will say I had a different experience being there live and on the oh, winning yeah. side of it. So like even though yeah, the game might not have been the most intriguing to watch, it was a blast just being there with like the packed crowd. So. I had fun for a different reason. Yeah, that's totally fair. For me, I I was mostly done after the fight because before that it was kind of a little bit of back and forth between both teams. The Riders were driving down the field but only getting field goals and Winnipeg just had that scoring drive. I feel like it would have been a good game after that, but after kind of the one-sided ejections, it was just like, oh, okay, so that's how this is going to be, you know. Like, let's just say it, at Mosaic Stadium, there was only one ref who will draw a boo from the entire stadium, and that is Andre Pru. So yep. that that's really all I got to say there. And then, <laughs> uh, Carter, this was your point. So how about you uh, talk a little bit about this? Okay, so on a Three Down Nation article. Isaac Harker was quoted as saying, Winnipeg being Winnipeg, doing dirty stuff. Now, what I wanted to ask was, I wanted to hear your guys' opinion on this. Was this out of pocket, or do you view this as a fair comment based off of what's been going on recently? Uh, see, it, I, I'd have to look back at Third Down Nation too, but I think a Winnipeg player said that the Riders were playing dirty the week before. And it's just like our rivalry is intense. Like if you're new to the team or young to the team or like old to the team, it's intense no matter what. And yeah, like I think no matter what, it's going to get chippy. It, I don't think it was like, I mean, the Riders did some bad, but the Winnipeg did some bad too. So I think it was not necessarily fair, but I don't think it was out of pocket because it's mm. it's just chippy and it goes back and forth. Okay. For me, if you take the fight out of it, when Harker came into that game uh, after Cody got a concussion, he had he got hit. Uh, I think it was in the chin. Like a guy came up and hit him, and just some other some chippy stuff happened to him when he came in. So if he feels kind of mad about that, I wouldn't blame him at all, because I think if you did that to Bo or Mike, they might have got calls there, but. If you do that like, to Bo or Mike, they're not shutting up about it for the rest of the decade, bro. True. Like, if, well, if someone comes Bo. in and nails Bo in the chin, like, Bo is going to be mad. He's going to have his arms up talking to the ref, you know? I don't think Isaac did that. I don't remember. He's, he's no, a I don't quiet think so. guy. I don't, I don't remember that. So, I guess he probably didn't say anything until this, but I think this is what he's referring to. So, uh, from his perspective, I don't think that's out of pocket. If. You know, it was just the fight, and maybe he didn't play, or, you know, there were nothing really like that happened to him. 
Hmm. There might be an argument for it to be a fair comment, but for me, it's out of pocket given the or not out of pocket given the context. Uh, I want to say I found my quote. It was Zach Kolaros, and he uh... said, "There's some guys on that side of the ball that were doing some dirty stuff this week before as well. When it carried into this game, you know things happen." Good. Yeah. I mean, everybody's just trying to take shots, I guess, going into... I mean, I guess right now, if you were to say, like, you know, if you were to expect, like, you know, playoffs right now, Bombers and Riders probably going to meet up again. Yeah. So oh, who knows? Sure. Maybe they're just trying to get that mental edge going into something like that. Yeah, that's oh, going to be a chippy playoff series when that happens. It's going to be wild, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we get it, but we'll see. And then Battle of Alberta Part 2. So... This is the big question because this was Bo's first game back. How do you guys think he looked in his return? Well, I mean, I don't think he looked the worst. They they won, you know, they won a end by a pretty good margin. And he did not, like, he threw a pick, but he still had a touchdown. Like, he didn't have the worst game, you know, 200-plus yards. He, like, he played well, but he could have played better. But again, first first game back with a broken leg. So you can't expect a whole bunch, but he did enough to get them the win. Yeah, no, I mean, just what I see, like, again, I just, I like to rag on Bo, but I like to see, well, I, you know, you see his typical self where, you know, the game is basically over and he just heaves up a touchdown pass because <laughs> why not? Mm-hmm. But, you know, so, I mean, he's on, he's definitely on the right path to being the same old, but yeah, definitely got a little bit more to go. Same. I, I thought it was a bit of a roller coaster for him because he did give up a pick six, but. We also did see some vintage bow. Uh, 54% completion percentage is not good, but I think he'll do a lot better next game. So, looking forward to that. And then, let's move on to the Elks. Is the lack of offense from them concerning for this game? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Like, Trevor didn't, like... They've been they've been having that struggle all year, I guess, of getting in the end zone. They they broke it a week or two ago. They had a couple touchdowns, but they've still been struggling like all year. That was week one against Ottawa. They struggled to get in the end zone. So um, I think it's still something that they just they really need to work on. And I mean, you can't win games and not score touchdowns. So like they need to figure it out soon because they'll just drop in the standings. Yeah, it's oh, I'm this is. I'm sorry, my I got something else that I had to deal with. This we're talking about Edmonton, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say with the lack of offense, I am very, 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 very excited to be playing against Edmonton this week. <laughs> but so, is it concerning to me? No. But if I was an Edmonton fan, yes, I'd be very, very stressed, especially going into uh, you play us, then you have a bye week, then after that, well, I mean, you're playing Ottawa, but. Ottawa's known for like they have a pretty solid defense sometimes, so who knows? That could they could surprise them again. Yeah. For me, Edmonton is entering that Montreal territory, but I don't know what to expect from them week to week because their offense was bad in the early going, and then the last couple games they seem to have figured it out, and then they do this against Calgary. So it's like, okay, what's the deal here? You know? So for me, it's definitely a concern. Especially going into a game against the best defense in the league, who 
I am definitely going to be picking in fantasy this week. So, yeah, definitely. Yes. If I'm an Elks fan, I'm worried going into a game against the Bombers. And then, for a large chunk of this game, this was a bit of a defensive battle, so I wanted to ask this question. When you guys are watching just games that you have no race in, like the Bombers aren't playing, Riders aren't playing, you know, none of that. Are defensive battles fun or are they boring? Uh... I think, you know, it's got to be the, like, they can be fun, but they can be boring, too. But it was nice to see uh, Stefan Banks. He had, like, four t- like four uh, sacks, and he had, like, a fumble recovery. You know, there was a couple nice interceptions and stuff. So it's nice when that stuff happens, but when it's just low scoring and just boring, like, nothing's happening, then, no, it's not fun. Um, I'm going to say that they are fun depending on the amount of mistakes made. And by that, I mean the amount of mistakes that are made. More mistakes means more fun, because that's yeah. more interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, if it's just two defensive teams going back and forth, there's something cool about it, but it kind of loses its magic by halftime. True. I'm kind of on the same page there. If everybody's throwing picks, or a dude's just getting murdered in the backfield all the time, that's kind of fun to watch, but... If it's just like, oh, two and out, oh, two and out, oh, two and out, into the quarter, you know, it gets really boring really quick. So I just wanted to get your guys' take on that. Now let's jump into, which, this was probably my favorite game of the week to watch, honestly, if I wasn't biased. Uh, BC absolutely slapped the Red Blacks at uh, BC, what is their freaking stadium called BC place, BC place, BC place. right yeah yeah okay I-, I wanted to say bc stadium for some reason but anyway Close. they beat ottawa down badly 45 to 13 so i asked this question again can we regulate uh relegate ottawa already oh i mean they're not they're just they're not getting any better oh just yeah it was just a bad overall performance by them and uh yeah, I mean, it just it doesn't seem like it's going to get better for them. Uh, they just it does like you know they're not building the right pieces. Like, thank God they have a bye week; they can rest and kind of reevaluate things. But uh, yeah, just not looking good for Ottawa right now. This is for Ottawa. This is their time to sort of realize, oh yeah, CFL isn't all rainbows and like butterflies, mm-hmm. you know, because they didn't really have a season like, you know, like. I don't think they've ever, like, they've never had a season where just everything looked so garbage from the off, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, and like every other team has experienced that at some point. I know for the Bombers, it's like the last time that we had like just a really terrible season. I think it was 2013. And like, uh, it's not fun, but that's what we're just seeing right now. So it's it's tough, but yeah, I mean, probably help them out if we relegated them, but it's not how it works. They got to they got to get good and fight the teams up here. True. I know uh, they've been basically treated like a flag football team for two weeks now, playing like a, a professional team. So, I don't know. Do, maybe Randy Ambrosi gives the XFL a call back and sees if the Houston Roughnecks are available to come up here. But <laughs> for now, Ottawa, you got you got to fix your stuff. You fired the wrong guy. You got to remedy that in the offseason and work from there. So 
Speaking of GMs, boys, we are playing CFL franchise mode. All right. Ooh. So you are Ottawa's new GM. How are you going to fix this team? I just had a brilliant idea. You either uh, you trade Dominic Davis for Paxton Lynch from the Riders. NFL experience. He's he like he's been learning the CFL game. You just take him. Boom. There's your quarterback right there. Or realistically, they should be looking at. Uh, oh, it's that's tough. That that's tough because I mean BC's not going to give up their quarterbacks. I don't think Cal or Calgary or Edmonton are. Uh, Saskatchewan probably isn't. But yeah, that's a tough call. Well, you know, you said that you had some ideas. I have a good idea. Quit. Um, just, but <laughs> just no, quit. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're gonna forfeit. <laughs> well, Desjardins could walk away. I think everyone'd be happy if that. Happened. Yeah. Yeah, I don't You're, know. We're like, gonna I, prove everybody wrong this year. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> I mean, there's still there's still time, but like, man, that's looking real foolish right about now. Oh man, my prediction of them being a two win team is looking better and better. So I'm okay with it. But one thing that I did notice while I was looking at CFL rosters and practice rosters. And because you can steal players from other teams' practice rosters, yeah, you know who's available that's on the Argos PR that's a quarterback that has started in the league before and is relatively young. I'll let you guys think. Give me your guesses. Michael Bethel Thompson? No, he's like 30-something. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Perkop there? No. I think he's, a, Who are you? he's either gone or with Calgary. Who's your who's your brain going to? Antonio Pipkin. Oh hey. there you go. Yep, he's on he's chilling on the Argos practice roster, so I mean I would take him over Dom Davis right now, and probably I think he's got a better arm than Matt Nichols right now, so why not just say script? We'll we'll sign him off your practice roster and we have a young quarterback, and you see what he can do. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, because if he sucks, you know, it's one year he's going to be gone anyway. This is basically a lost season for them. And so, yeah, I don't know. That's how I would fix it. You literally have to give up nothing. Unlike if you were to trade for somebody from one of those other teams, you literally just have to sign them off your practice roster. And then... Let's go to BC's situation in this last game. So you're the BC Lions. Uh, when do you pull Michael Riley? Because he was still in the game with eight minutes left, with the well, team being up by 29. I think Michael Riley decides when Michael Riley gets pulled out of the mm -hmm. game. And uh, I don't think he wanted to. Like he, he loves being in there till the end and fighting with his teammates. Like, fighting for them and stuff and yeah like he he's just he's a team player and uh yeah i just that that's who he is yeah i feel like he's gonna fight and he's gonna like you know mike riley is the toughest dude in the league right yeah, yeah. he just is and so he's gonna stay in there because he like you know it's it's i mean it's i get it but it's also might not be a great look for someone like that to not play out the whole game you know but 
No, yeah, like Taylor said, I think it's definitely he decides when he's done. I don't know. For me, it's like it, this this team is done. Like they're dead. Just just put in your young guy who you know is gonna be a starter for you a couple years down the road and give him some reps against a professional defense, you know? And rather than do that, you keep Mike Riley in who, you know, for all we know, an Ottawa player could have just got really chippy and made a dirty hit on him and then he's out a bunch of games, you know? And he did take some nasty hits near the end of that game, so for me, like you're blowing him out, just just put the put a Put him down, you know, put him on the bench, put your starters on the bench, get your backups and reps. At least that's how I kind of see it. And then I struggled with this uh, for my power rankings, so I'm going to ask this. Is BC a dark horse team or do they just look this good because they played Ottawa, I guess, their last two games? Uh, Well, I guess you could say they're a, a dark horse, but like they're... Uh, like they've scored the second most points in the league so far, and they haven't allowed near the top of the league either. Like, they've just had some bad, like, you know, even the game with the Riders at the start of the year, they only lost by a couple points. Like, they're they're almost there. So, I like, I think it could be, uh, it could be a little more competitive with BC this year. Like, they, they've actually shaped up a bit. And, you know, like Mike Riley had four touchdowns last game, and uh, like the run game looks all right, and the receivers are just unreal. So, like, yeah, they could be legit. Actually, right now, the way that I'm thinking about this is that, like, just in the way that teams are going to, like, in the ways that they're trending, I, right now, I think BC is in either the top four or top three for winning the cup this year, if they keep the progression that I see them on. Yeah. No, I totally That's agree. Take. I like it. Like, sorry, I just wanted to add. Like, yeah. looking only Winnipeg has a, allowed less points on defense than BC. It actually like, surprises like, me. Yeah, like their defense is good. Like, it's it's very different there this year. So, kudos to them. Sure. Now, let's jump into our power rankings here. Uh, speaking of BC fans, we've been catching some heat, and I'm gonna continue that trend. So. <laughs> For number one, I got Winnipeg because they're just the best right now. Toronto, number two. I got Hamilton, number three, because that game came down to the wire. And Saskatchewan just got absolutely embarrassed two weeks in a row, so you're moving down to number four. Calgary is at five. Montreal, six. Edmonton, seven. BC, eight. Ottawa, nine. As soon as BC beats a real team, they'll move up. Yeah, oh, fair enough. That that's your rankings. Uh, I got Winnipeg number one, uh, Toronto number two. They're playing really well, number one in the East. And I uh, got Saskatchewan three. They will drop farther if they lose this week to Toronto for sure. But uh, Cody's practicing this week, so I think they should be all right. Uh, Montreal's at uh, four. Sorry, uh, I just Montreal. They had a bye week, but they're still. I think they're still one of the really good teams in the league. Uh, Hamilton dropped to Hamilton dropped, sorry, and then Calgary, BC, Edmonton, and Ottawa. Ottawa, Ottawa stays in the basement, and Ed, Edmonton's pretty close because their offense is, yeah, like we said, not scoring. It's not looking good. 
So for mine, I've got Winnipeg at the top. It's pretty hard to argue anybody else right now. Um, after that, I also have Toronto. I've got Hamilton in three, Sask in four, uh, BC I have in fifth, just because um, you like what else can they do to prove themselves, right? I can't put them above the people that are above them, just because I feel like they need to play those guys to get a direct comparison, you know? And they need to play them recently. But with BC, like, what, what more can you ask for? But after that, I've got Calgary, then Montreal, then Edmonton, then in the basement, because even COVID can't stop Ottawa from being the worst team in the league. <laughs> Carter, I don't know if you've seen, but on our Instagram, like, people were saying your power rankings were the only one that were accurate. Those were salty BC fans, though. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> They're just they're just giving us gears for all of us putting BC down, and it's like well, I mean, it's hey, just like I can't yeah. I can't justify putting Edmonton above BC. And I, yeah, I didn't, and BC still moved up for me. Like they did, like they won, they moved up, and they're better than Edmonton. I think I really sure. debated it, but it's just because Ottawa is so bad, and I just want to see if BC could win this week, and if they do, they'll they'll jump in my rankings quite a bit. So let's jump into CFL Fantasy. I had a great week last week in CFL Fantasy, man. I'm telling you. I don't know how I, I did last I week. I almost got 100. I was this close. Oh. Let me go to my view results page. Season. I, wow, did not do good. This was almost my worst week. Wow. Let's see. I uh, Zach Caleros played good. Um, then I had uh, Wilder with 10. Shaq with 8.5. Wally and Herji Mayala were who killed me this week. Oh, okay, yeah. Can you even carry her? Daily, actually. And then, um, uh, yeah. I've got um, the Blue Bombers didn't do terrible, the defense, but yeah. honestly, they, they only put up, like, they only gave up nine points. You think they'd do better than 10 fantasy points? And that BC defense, man, got me 17 points. Oh. Like, what? You're going to tell me that BC's defense played better than Winnipeg's, bro? Like, that's, nah, I don't that's think so. like, they need to redo how they. Well, they allowed at, 13 points. They had three sacks, an interception, a fumble, plus a touchdown. So that's Just why like, that touchdown makes a huge that's difference. That's fair, but it's like you gotta like I don't know, you gotta redo how the defense works in fantasy. Hey, it, I I just I, I want to say sorry. This was I didn't even know this was my best week, but it was still garbage. I only got seventy seven points. But like Mike Riley did good. Winnipeg's defense did all right, but the sneaky guy again, DJ Foster, fifteen point four points i love that you were on that well before i was and now he's no longer a value pick so i mean <laughs> taylor jumped that on that early congrats <laughs> so let's jump into our quarterback options i've got michael riley at ten thousand six hundred three dollars zach Klaus at eight thousand four hundred ninety dollars are there any other quarterbacks you're really considering now uh not this not week. Real. yeah like i got mike riley in my lineup it's it's tough because like cody and trevor are overpriced and cody might not play bro like um oh and sorry vernon adams is twelve thousand dollars like yeah i, I wanted to not pick worth. him but it's like oh my lanta you just you lose half your team there i mean maybe you want to go with nick arbuckle but like why go with nick arbuckle when you got Zach Laros, who's cheaper, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel you there. It's just... And you're going against, like we were talking about earlier, a weaker defense who just... I don't know. 
Maybe if you're a big spender and Cody isn't playing, you go with Isaac Harker, but for me, those are the only two real options. And then at running back, I got Andrew Harris for $10,354, James Wilder Jr. at $8,750, Stanback at $7,914, Sean Thomas Erlington at $5,209, and Shaq Cooper at 5,017. Anybody you guys would add there? Uh, absolutely. I'm going to add DJ Foster to that mix. Uh, he's playing against Saskatchewan this week, and they'll throw to him. So, yeah, good pick. No, that's really fair. I'm actually going with uh, with this week. I'm just making sure that you didn't say him already. Uh, I'm actually going with uh, with a rebound week from Kadeem Carey, hopefully. Oh, so. you're betting on nice. the rebound. All right. Let's see. We'll see. I can get with the rebound game. And then let's go to receivers. I got Eugene Lewis at $8,925. Jake Winicky at $8,795. Kenny Lawler at $8,386. Darrell Walker at $7,870. Nick Dembski at 7,432. Josh Huff at 6,569. And Javon Katoy at $4,679. I got one I'm going to add. Uh, All right. BJ, BJ Cunningham. I just think he could have a decent week in Montreal. They've been rested. Uh, yeah, I think he could have a good game. Uh, one receiver. Back, I like it. One receiver that I'm going with that is ridiculously low priced, like should also be in the value picks, but I'm going with uh Braden Linnaeus. Oh, man. yeah, he's cheap this week too. I just he's wasn't going to say his he's name. Twenty seven hundred. True. All right. All right. I can I can get with that. And then defense slash special teams. I have Winnipeg at five thousand two hundred sixty, and with an asterisk if. In fact, David Watford, a.k.a. Dom Davis Light, is playing. Everybody get the Calgary defense at $4,502 because they are going to murder him. So I- I'm very bullish on that Calgary defense if Watford plays. Or Winnipeg's defense could be good too this week. Like if, if uh, Edmonton's going to play inconsistent again, that's a good pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah so yeah. I've got Winnipeg's D in my lineup right now, but I'm just I'm waiting to see what happens with Hamilton. And then let's jump into our locks. For me, I've got Michael Riley. He almost got me 30 points last week, so I'm gonna stick with what got me to the dance and Michael Riley. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh I'm going William Stanback this week. I think he's gonna have a good game against BC's uh like, their defense has improved, but uh, I think he's still going to have a good game against them. So I think he'll be a good pick. I will... Like, I'm going full in on this rebound week for Kadeem Carey. He is my lock. I am... Please, 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 please. <laughs> like, please right. be good. Man, if that does not pan out, but I- I'm hoping it does. And if I knew they're playing, it might, especially if David Walker is playing. He's going to... Dean Carey's going to get a lot of carries that game. And then let's jump into our pick I am still somehow under 500 at 8 and 12, and both of you are over 500. <laughs> oh, all right. So 
I'm going to be bullish on this because I don't think Cody is going to start the next game, but I'll get to that in a minute. I've got Calgary beating Hamilton because, again, Watford's probably going to be playing that game. Toronto, I have them beating Sask because Sask has looked bad the last two weeks. And Cody might not start, so there's two reasons there. I've got BC beating Montreal because I actually like BC, but I just want to see them play a real team. And then I have Winnipeg destroying Edmonton. Nice. Well, we'll see how that works out for you. I've got, uh, yeah, Calgary beating Hamilton. I'll agree with you on that one. That's going to be, uh, I think that's going to be a shellacking. Uh, Toronto versus Saskatchewan. I got Saskatchewan winning. Uh, it's at home. Cody or not, the crowd will play a factor and scramble Toronto a bit, I think, and uh, they'll get the win. And uh, I'm picking Montreal to beat BC. They've been rested for a week. Uh, they're at home, and uh, BC's got to go across the country a little bit and uh, go play there. So I think that'll be different for them, and they'll lose. And uh, I'm playing the sleeper here, and I think Edmonton creeps out a win against Winnipeg this week. Okay, it is a home game for Edmonton, so they've got that going for them. Well, so was the last game. <laughs> uh, but um, so for myself, I have Calgary, so I think that's the only one where all three of us agree. Yeah, um, I am joining Taylor with Sask, I am joining. Mr. Jimmy Leach with BC, and I am also with him for Winnipeg. Let's go. All right. I'm just going to be bullish on that Ryder one just because I got to take some risks here. So let's jump to our game time cues. So our next next game against Hamilton, do we see vintage Bo or is he going to look shaky again? Uh, I don't think he'll be shaky. I think he'll have a good game. Uh, even if Calgary plays well, he still doesn't throw like 450 and four touchdowns. You know what I mean? So he'll he'll have a decent game, I think, but Calgary is just going to play really well overall. Yeah, I'll say the way that I'm feeling about it is that I feel like you're going to watch him play and you're going to say, that's Bo Levi Mitchell. You're not going to say, that's Bo Levi Mitchell who's hurt. Yeah. That's how I think that this game's going to go. I don't think he's going to have an amazing game, but he's definitely going to look more like himself than he has. I don't want him to blow the doors off me, but I do want him to have a completion percentage above, like, 60. So that's kind of where I am. That's the bar for me for this game. And do I think Bo crosses it? Kind of 50-50. Like, I think he might, but... Yeah, we'll see. And then... Uh, how will the Riders' offense fare this game against Toronto, who's actually had a pretty good defense this year? Yeah, oh, they definitely have. Um, you know, I think it's going to be uh, like I don't. I think it's going to be a close game uh, with Cody or not. And uh, but I think just yeah, the crowd will play a factor into it, and uh, it'll be a good game. But uh, yeah, the the Riders' offense will fare okay. Like they're not going to have a four hundred yard game, but they're going to play decent and. I think William Powell could even have a really good game. Um, I think the Riders' offense, it, it all falls on Fajardo. He is the guy, like the guy in Saskatchewan. You, his, his whole hashtag was Jesus Sprinkles. Like, <laughs> I hate to say it, but y'all need him. We do. <laughs> like, we do. We like, do. 
that's the thing. That's what I. That's why I feel really happy about the way that Winnipeg is in comparison. Is that like even if Zach goes out, we're gonna we're gonna stumble a lot. But I feel like McGuire could definitely still lead us to some wins with how good our defense is, especially against the lower half of the league. That's like, fair. Yeah, I just like I think that Cody Fajardo has such a lopsided amount of impact on this team compared to what a normal quarterback should have on a football team, which is already a lot. So if, yeah, if he's in, then yeah, he's going to be like, I obviously, yeah, I think he's going to be in and I think they're going to win. But if he's not in, who knows? That's fair for me. I like Isaac Harker. I think he's, we can probably win some games without him in his rookie year. We did win uh, without Cody last year against Edmonton. So it's possible, but again, Toronto's got a quality defense this year, so it's kind of up in the air for me. Hey, but what happens if Paxton Lynch gets to play a bit? Oh, that could be interesting. He's going to dress, right? You need two quarterbacks. I'm going to be, I am here for Paxton Lynch reps in the CFL. That that could be interesting. I just hope it's not uh, Johnny Manziel 2.0 where he throws like five interceptions. Yeah, I agree. So, for that BC versus Montreal game, uh, since Montreal has been so inconsistent, which Montreal do we see? Do we see the one that dropped 50 on Ottawa and didn't have a great defense? Or do we see the Montreal that the offense was super bad until, like, the last minute against Calgary? Uh, you know, I think, like, they're young and they're going to learn from their mistakes and, uh, I think they're going to have a good game, not maybe not 50 points, but uh, I think they do enough to get the win against BC for sure. I personally don't. I think that BC is going to come out pretty strong. I think Montreal is going to fall a bit flat and it's just it's it's worrisome because normally you come off of a bye and you're feeling good. But the team that you're playing against just dropped 45 and held Ottawa to only 13. True. Like. If you're playing any other team in the league, except for maybe Saskatchewan, you're feeling a lot better. And the only reason is because Saskatchewan dropped, didn't get a touchdown. That's yeah. the only reason I even say that. That's but, fair. Yeah, even if like if Saskatchewan got one touchdown in that game, then I'd feel better playing Saskatchewan than um, BC. Uh, whatever I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think BC has the fire. I think it's the one team you don't want to see. That's definitely fair. They're coming in with the momentum. For me, teams statistically come out worse off of a bye week. So do I think we're going to get that Montreal offense that was electric against Ottawa? Probably not, but we'll probably get somewhere a bit more in the middle. I'm leaning towards the more Ottawa-Montreal, but I, I am hoping that defense might be a little bit better, but we'll see. And then. Winnipeg versus Edmonton. Do Edmonton's offensive woes continue? Uh, I th- I think they do a bit, but I think again, I think Edmonton somehow pulls this off and they get the win. Just Winnipeg's won two in a row, and they're going on the road now. And uh, I just think it's like you know, it, you don't win three in a wo- three in a row a lot in the CFL, so. I think it's just, it's not necessarily that Winnipeg is going to be like bad, but it's just Edmonton's going to find a way to win. I see what you're saying. I just, again, I don't like a team 
trying to fix their offensive struggles against the team like Winnipeg. That's not the yeah. team that you're trying to do that to. That's that's an Ottawa. That is a um. Let's see who else is that. That's like a Hamilton type deal. You know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, this is not a get back right spot here for Edmonton. I think, especially against that Bombers defense that absolutely just murdered Saskatchewan. I just. I don't think this is the spot where if you're struggling, you're gonna you're gonna fix your issues. Uh, if anything, it's gonna be worse. So that's why I have Winnipeg's defense and fantasy. So on to our COVID activities. Uh, I just finished up Van Helsing because the series ended. Uh, great show. Um, it has especially early on a lot of Walking Dead vibes, but like early good Walking Dead, not. Not the one that nobody's watching anymore. So definitely go check out Van Helsing. Excellent show. Um overall it's highly recommends based off a comic. So if you're into that stuff, go watch it. Cool, cool. Uh I've uh I don't know if I mentioned it before. I saw Shang Chi in theaters. Really good. Uh recommend go and see that. Uh just uh on the South Park train still, that's always fun. And uh Really into What If, the new episode with, uh, it's like, what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark is uh, tomorrow, so that's going to be exciting to watch. And I guess uh, I have, uh, I don't know if you guys are into Lego much, but with my kid, I have an excuse to be into Lego. So they've released some What If Lego characters, but they're in mystery packs. So I bought like 14 of them. And uh, I did not get all the characters. I was very disappointed. <laughs> so I've uh, I've been still trying to work on that. I run by Toys R Us every once in a while and pick a couple up, but haven't got the ones I need yet. Oh, so, Toys R Us so is on. still open. Hold up. Oh, yeah. It's open here. It's not open in the states. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Yeah, we thrive. Um, so wait, what? Sorry, I missed that. What did you say the next episode was about? Uh, it's the what if. Killmonger, like uh, the bad guy from the Black Panther movie, what if he rescued Tony Stark instead of like Tony Stark being captured, taken into a cave and stuff? It's what if Tony was there and the bomb went off and like he saves him and then like they work together. I don't think he becomes Iron Man. I like that. I'm excited. So yeah, Um, it's going to be good. Yeah, for me, I am also on the um, on the Disney train. I'm on the Marvel Cinematic Universe train. I am. I'm just catching up, though. I am on Wandavision. I am at episode four, which is the one where they realize that they are, like that Wanda is like controlling a town. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. I've I've been enjoying it so far. Uh, I've been watching it with my girlfriend, and we've been having a blast. I'm like, she's been waiting for me. I'm like, two episodes <laughs> behind her, and then we're gonna pick it up together. Nice. Nice. So I'm, I'm really excited. Just won some Emmys the other day. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, yeah, you guys are on the Disney Plus train, but I'm I'm still on the oh, Netflix day, show. Man. So Fair. there we go. But yeah, Wanda Vision's really good. You're gonna have a nice nostalgia trip. Uh it's not I guess a spoiler, but there's there's a Malcolm in the Middle esque episode. Like you'll you'll get a nostalgia trip from don't, that. Don't one. tell him nothing. Don't tell him I'm nothing. not telling him nothing, man. Don't like that's not. Nothing. I'm not spoiling the plot. I'm just saying there's a Malcolm in the Middle esque episode. Don't say nothing. Okay, Don't bro. To him. Okay, bro. <laughs> but, no, there actually let him experience it. All right, all right. There isn't. All right, but anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> you can find us on at True North CF Pod on Instagram and Twitter. 
Turn North Canadian Football Podcast on Facebook. You can also find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. With the CFL Top 20 prospects coming out, James is obviously busy with the U Sports season, so I have to work around that, and we'll 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 find a way to record something for you eventually here. But right now, we're just trying to work around that. But again, thank you for listening. I have been your host, Jimmy Leach. This is the True North Canadian Football Podcast signing off.